0: The Chargers are! Here comes a lightning bolt. Chargers fans are witnesses to history. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go, Chargers, go. This is the Lightning Round Podcast, here after the Chargers' overtime win against the Colts, giving Anthony Lynn his very first win on a season opener. In fact, the Chargers haven't won a first game of the season since 2005, so a big win on Sunday. I am Garrett, at Garrett Jamie is at lightning underscore round. We got a donation to shout out, then we'll get right into it.
1: Our donation this week is from Matt Slater from New York. He says he's a longtime listener, first-time donor. Thanks for all the hard work. You guys deserve a few craft beers go bolts thank you very much matt we appreciate it and you're right we do deserve a few craft beers
0: (laughs) (laughs) and a few more yeah thank you matt appreciate it so let's go ahead and just jump right into this thing because there's a lot to talk about here uh we're going to touch on some important storylines we've done it before jamie's going to do three i'll do three uh and let's go ahead and talk about some important takeaways from the chargers first game so jamie what do you have first
1: so my first one is, I think it's one of the bigger talking points from the game, and that's the performance of the running backs, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. Uh, they basically ran wild on the Colts. Between them, they had 25 touches for 215 yards and three touchdowns. They averaged almost seven yard, or almost excuse me, almost nine yards per touch, and almost six and a half yards per carry against a pretty good Colts defense on Sunday. So. We saw a little bit of some of the things that we talked about during the the offseason when we were were discussing Melvin Gordon's holdout. We talked about how they might use them, how they'd go with the hot hand, mix them in and out. We'd probably see Austin outside and involved heavily in the passing game, Justin Jackson between the tackles. Uh, We saw all of that. Uh, I thought Gus called a masterful game. He did a great job of kind of sucking in the pass rush and calling the screens and getting big plays on the screens, lots of chunk plays on screens and, and short and intermediate passes to Austin. Uh, Lots of surprisingly, lots of big runs between the, or between the tackles. You know, we saw um, Eckler had two good size runs on the final drive in overtime. Jackson had two long runs, I believe off the right side of the line, both coming between the tackles. So those guys ran extremely well. I think it's something they can build on. Uh, I think my only real complaint would be that I would have liked to see them get more carries in the like mid third quarter, early fourth quarter, when it was pretty obvious that both defenses were tired, but the Chargers' defense was gassed, and the Chargers were going heavy pass, and it seemed like they were just putting their linemen in a really bad position. I would have liked to see you know six to eight more carries in the in the middle part of that second half to kind of wear down the Colts defense and and buy some extra time on the bench from the Colt, the Chargers for the Chargers defense. But aside from that, very well called game, both backs were used masterfully by Wiz. And it's something that, like I said, I think they can build on, go with the hot hand and really exploit both of their, their strengths and get kind of one complete back out of the two of them.
0: Yeah, we saw Austin Eckler, and, of course, that's something I was going to touch on, and how could we not? You know, first game without Melvin Gordon, and, uh, of course, it looked pretty good with Eckler and Jackson. Eckler played 48 snaps. Uh, Jackson played 16. It was basically Eckler playing three-fourths of the snap. He played 75% of uh, the offensive snaps, and Jackson played 25%. So a pretty good split, but you'd like to see a little bit more from Jackson. But they rode the hot hand, and you can't complain about that because Austin Eckler was on fire. Absolutely. Eckler, of course, had the rushing touchdown to win it. He had two receiving touchdowns. He averaged 4.8 yards on the ground. Justin Jackson, 9.5 per carry on six carries on Sunday. He ran real hard, was hitting the hole quickly. Derek Watt even, his two carries were on third and short, and he got the first down each time. So very effective through all three of them, if you want to you know, call Derek Watt a, a back. But here he got the, the first downs on both of his carries, so very effective there. While the pass blocking had its issues, uh, just to add on, I thought the run blocking was very good on Sunday, and... They rode their hot hand, and they got those real tough yards at the end of that game. And guys that struggled ended up uh, doing pretty good. Sam Tevy broke off a big run on Eckler. Uh, Feeney pinned a man to help Eckler spring him for that touchdown in overtime. I thought the run blocking was very good. Pass blocking, a whole nother issue. Uh, something we might need to get into. But, um, you know, I, I agree with you. I think uh, big props to Ken Wisenhunt, Anthony Lynn. The implementation of these backs was picture Perfect. They got him in space. They let Eckler win with the ball in his hands. Um, you know, last year there was a lot of ground and pound A gap runs, which just was not Eckler's game. It seemed like we had talked about they basically ripped the Melvin Gordon game plan and just gave it to Austin Eckler when that's not really his game. But in game one, the way they implemented Eckler and Jackson was perfect against the Colts. So uh, big props to Wiz, to Lynn. Uh, the offensive game plan was very good. I agree with you on the second half, a little bit too pass heavy uh, when they were really succeeding with the run early on. So, you know, again, the Chargers running game without Gordon was – as good as you could have expected against, you know, maybe not the best defensive front, but uh, some good linebackers and able to get, you know, Eckler and Jackson in space in the passing game. Uh, it gets better next week in week two against the uh, Lions who gave up a lot of yards to David Johnson on the ground and through the air. So uh, look for Eckler and Jackson to do pretty good in week two. But again, uh, major props to Wiz. Uh, very good game from Eckler and Jackson, of course. And, uh, I'll go ahead and move on to the next one, and I'm sure, you know, you want to talk about this too. And, uh, it's kind of on the other end of the spectrum, and that's the Chargers D, which was not very good. And, of course, I'm sure that was your second talking point, and we'll probably have the same third. But, uh, you know, we'll just expand on it. Uh, you know, the the running game without Melvin Gordon was a big focal point uh, going into the season. Going into this offseason was about the run defense. It was a big sticking point this offseason. They quite literally got ran out of the building in New, Orleans, in New England in their playoff loss. They upgraded the interior with Jerry Tillery in the first round. And in week one, that run defense failed their first test in their first look of action. Uh, Joe Reedy said that Marlon Mack's 174 yards on Sunday was the most yards by a running back against the Chargers since Adrian Peterson set an NFL record with 296 for the Vikings in 2007. He ran all over the Chargers. But if you put it a little context to it, in the first half, the Colts' longest run was seven yards, and they bottled Marlon Mack up for 21 yards through two quarters. And then all hell broke loose in the third and fourth quarter. Indianapolis attacked the Chargers front. They dared them to stop them, which the Chargers, of course, couldn't. And they just kept running the ball behind that impressive offensive line. And Jerry Tillery, the guy I was talking about a little bit earlier, who's supposed to be the upgrade, got ran over every snap he was basically in. He did not get much penetration. And when he did, he wasn't where he was supposed to be, sometimes off balance, sometimes on the ground. And that was the question we had talked about when they drafted him. Yes, he's an athlete. Yes, he makes the pass rushing uh, part of that tackle group much better. But he is undersized. How is he going to do in the run game? And on Sunday, it kind of looked like it. He was just getting manhandled. He couldn't get off blocks. He was overmatched. And again, this is one of the NFL's best offensive line group. But... That group has been put on notice. And I do want to say, you know, even if we talk about these bad things, it is week one. You know, it's a small sample size. No need to panic. But, you know, something to look for, you know, week two, three, four, five. And when we get to the midseason, are are the Chargers getting ran over? And, you know, I, I know that the Lions and everybody else are going to look at this tape and go, the Colts ran all over the Chargers. They had no way to stop them. The Chargers knew it was coming. And there was no way to stop the leaking. And then it broke the damn open, and then they ended up coming back and forcing into overtime. So the Colts took advantage of the run defense. Uh, teams will be com- coming up in the next you know, few weeks, at least into the end of the season, depending on how they look. But so far, uh, not so good for that run defense.
1: I think you can just kind of lump the whole defense into one big. They didn't play. I mean, they weren't terrible for the whole game, but there were a lot of things that were alarming. You mentioned the run defense. I think... Part of that was just a really good offensive line against a defensive line that's still trying to find its legs and find the right combinations. Part of that was also those guys, the Chargers defense, starting defense really didn't play much outside of Kaiser White in the preseason. I think those guys are not in game shape, and they were clearly tired about midway through the third quarter. They just broke down, and they just had no answer for it. Yeah, Uh, There were a lot of missed reads and missed run fits by the linebackers. Even guys like Thomas Davis, who you would expect would be in the right place at the right time, he's engaging blockers when he should be filling a gap and making a tackle, Uh, bad angles, just a lot of mental mistakes that I think were mostly born out of being rusty and being tired, and they just wore down. And I think that was pretty evident. So I'm not sure it's necessarily indicative of what they're going to look like moving forward. I saw a lot of people saying they thought Thomas Davis didn't play well on Sunday, people saying he was slow. I thought he was slow with his reads. I thought he was mentally slow. I didn't think he looked slow from a physical standpoint. He was chasing guys down. He seemed like he had his closing speed. Uh, He got burned on a couple of fakes, gave up some big passing plays where he bit hard on a couple of play action fakes. That happens. Um, But I didn't think he was as slow as people were making him out to be. I just thought his reads were not very good, and hopefully that will get better as he gets more acclimated to the defense and the guys around him and he knocks some of that rust off. But that group was not very good and the pass defense outside of Casey Hayward also was not very good. They let like Jacoby Brissett, pick them apart the entire game. Uh Brandon Fason was basically just getting picked on left and right. Anytime they threw the ball, didn't matter who it was, it was against it was against uh Faison, and he had no answer. He wasn't making tackles. He couldn't he wasn't getting to the ball. He was just giving up huge cushions and getting getting picked on pretty badly once Michael Davis went out of the game. So they've got a big problem with that that uh, corner position opposite of Casey Hayward. You know, do they put Adderley out there? Do they play Adderley in the slot and get King outside? They're going to have to find another corner because they can't rely on face on. All kinds of problems there and. These guys have to get in shape in a hurry because everybody's going to be coming to town looking to run the ball down their throat now. So they're going to have to respond, and they're going to have to show how good they are. They're going to have to live up to the hype they've been getting all through the preseason. Uh, you mentioned Tillery. You know, I was watching him closely, hoping he'd make some plays. He did get some penetration. It looked like in some cases the, the Colts were letting him penetrate and then just knocking him off of his feet. You mentioned he's undersized. He is kind of your atypical interior defensive lineman. You know, he's 6'5 or 6'6, 298, so he's long and lean. Uh, and he just he seemed like he was having a hard time creating leverage, maintaining leverage, keeping his feet when he penetrated. Uh, they, they really took advantage of him. So he's going to have to really work. We mentioned this on the last show. Keep that pad level low, maintain that leverage, hold his ground, all things he really struggled with. So the defense was not good for sure. Those guys need to get a lot better in a hurry and they need to get in shape in a hurry.
0: All right. Well, I, uh, you touched on some things I want to talk about a little bit later, but I know you got another uh talking point here. So what else you got here?
1: I do. Um, my second talking point is actually some, another good thing. And it's the impact of some of the younger players on special teams, which was huge on Sunday. Uh, you talk about Drew Tranquil and Nasir Adderley and Justin Jackson, all making huge impacts on special teams Adderley and Jackson made key blocks to spring Des King on his opening kickoff return. Uh, Trank, uh, Adderley also had a tackle on the first punt of the game. Tranquil blocked a punt. Those guys were all over the field. It seemed like if Adderley and Tranquil were not making the tackle on special teams, they were right there, the next guy up, ready to make the tackle. So, I mean, it's almost like, you know, you put football players and athletes on the field and good things happen. I, I, It's kind of weird to see, but, you know... No more Nick DeZubner soon, hopefully. You start getting tranquil out there more. They're suddenly more athletic. They're better football players. They're making more plays. They're flying around. I I think this is going to be a fun special teams group to watch this year. On the return side, it already is, but I think you're going to start seeing them block more punts and make more plays, forcing turnovers uh, in the kick coverage game as well.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, that's something I want to touch on too, you know, some of the new faces and some of the new additions. And um, you had talked about Thomas Davis and being slow on his reads. I thought, uh, I actually disagree with you. I think he was just slow in general. I thought, I don't know if it was, you know, learning the new system, being with the Chargers for the first year. And. First time outside of Carolina, but uh, he was very slow with his reads, and I thought he was really slow with his feet. I know uh, he got faked a couple times, but he gave up that, uh, he had a pretty big catch on a third and one to Jack Doyle, where he bit on a run fake, and you know, you mentioned it happens, but then Doyle caught it, ran for 20 yards, it was the second longest catch of the day. Uh, that first touchdown was some confusion between Thomas Davis and Brandon Faison, the left T.Y. Hilton open for the touchdown. And it just seemed like the Colts in the middle of the field kind of found the matchup with Thomas Davis and took advantage of it. We saw a few catches where they matched up T.Y. Hilton on Thomas Davis in the middle of the field. Uh, the, of course, the worst play of the game was his over pursue on T.Y. Hilton where he's trying to, yeah, where he's trying to cut off T.Y. Hilton at the sideline and he cuts it inside and takes it for a touchdown. Not great. You know, you get the thinking, but of course you can't let him get that angle on you. Even though he led the team in tackles, I thought a lot of it was he was getting his tackles at third four yards after the line of scrimmage. There's one tackle that I could count where he got it, like a really good play on a pitch to Marlon Mack where he tackled him at the line of scrimmage. But other than that, I thought he was slow on his reads. I thought he just had slow feet. Maybe that's, getting back in game shape and just being a little bit rusty. And, you know, I thought the stats were a little padded because he was getting, you know, tackles with – running backs running right at him, but I just felt like Brissett was basically picking the Chargers apart where they were getting those uh few yard runs they would dink and dunk to third and short and then just pounded in on that third and three two or one and then just run Marlon Mack and go behind that offensive line and get the first down and they just kept doing that marching down the field and of course the defense looked tired I thought uh, Thomas Davis struggled um a lot of key tackles though I will say obviously uh he made a ton of them Uh, Didn't miss any tackles, which uh, I can't say about Rayshon Jenkins, who uh, was another guy who didn't have a good game. Uh, he was late coming over on that uh, Eric Ebron that was almost a touchdown to start the fourth quarter, almost cost him seven. But that 53-yard rushing touchdown of Marlon Mack, man, God, he missed that last tackle, and it gave me a Jalila Dye flashbacks. It was awful. <laughs> and, you know, when you're the free safety, you're the last man of defense, and you just can't miss a tackle like that. The He went low. It was a bad angle. I mean, that's your job. You can't let anything behind him, and he just missed a tackle. He didn't let a, a speedy receiver go over the top. He just missed a tackle on Marlon Mack. It was terrible. So he had a bad game. But like you mentioned, there were some guys who had really good games. Drew Tranquil, obviously great on special teams with a, a special teams tackle and the block. And to see her adamantly having that um, that block on that first Des King uh Kick like you were mentioning, and then uh, that tackle, which where he flew. My God, mm-hmm. Brennan Faceon was the closest guy in the area, and he he basically leapfrogged <laughs> Faceon to tackle the uh, returner. So he was really good. And you know, not that it's it's obviously week one; it's not time to panic. But if you're thinking about guys that need to start getting some snaps, you know, if Thomas Davis is struggling a little bit and needs to get back in the groove a little bit, then maybe you throw in Drew Tranquil a little bit more. And maybe if Rayshon Jenkins still struggles, you've gotten to see Ratterly who's Shown up on special teams so there are some guys that are doing really good right now the rookies at least through the first game through guys that were kind of struggling in game one and um so you want to get your best players on the field and i think tranquil and Adderley are certainly beginning to knock on the door to get some playing time because they looked really good in their limited action
1: yeah they looked really good i also thought kaiser white had a pretty good game yeah um he was all over the place had several run stops at or near the line of scrimmage looked really good to me uh just fast just looked really fast, decisive, wasn't having a lot of those same, you know, second guessing his reads, delayed reads that Thomas Davis was having. So there were some guys that played well. I thought Mebane showed up, played a pretty good game for the most part. Um I mean Bosa and guys, Ingram
0: were great. Bosa
1: and Ingram were great. It was the guys next to Me that were getting run over. Didn't matter who it was. Justin Jones, uh we talked about uh Tillery. Uh Tillery. Uh, square all those guys were just getting run over yep. it was just not a pretty day for the three techniques in that in that defense uh so they got to figure out something there get get somebody going quickly um yeah i i think face on's a big a big problem you know the as bad as the run defense was face on is a huge problem if they don't figure out how to upgrade that cuz he was basically non-existent
0: Oh, he was a punching bag. I mean, he was, yeah. yeah, they just basically picked on him the entire time. And when they needed him most on that fourth down, they targeted right at face on with, uh, Devin Funches down the sideline. And it wasn't much of a move either. It was just kind of, you know, he beat him inside and let him have the, have the yard to gain. So he, he was not very good. The Chargers have already talked about having to address corner because Michael Davis and Trevor Williams aren't ready. And, uh, Davis will be out for a little bit. So, uh, that'll be good. Who knows who they'll, uh, end up getting. That's a big question, Mark. Uh, Part of me just believes it's going to be Jeff Richards. Probably. And we're all going to be thoroughly disappointed. But um, they they got to do it because they don't have any depth, and that's kind of what we were talking about. They were kind of light on that cornerback group, especially when you talk about Trevor Williams, who wasn't ready for the preseason and isn't ready now going into week two. So they've got to get some more depth in that uh, cornerback group. And then uh, one other thing I'd like to mention is uh, Ty Long pitching in for uh, Michael Badgley, who you know was able to make all of his kicks, even made the kick that didn't count that got called back because of that uh, unnecessary roughness, but uh, made the extra points, the field goals, uh, beautiful punts, very good kickoffs. He was the star of the special teams. You know We talked about Drew Tranquil Nasir Adderley, but Ty Long, man, stepped up big having a new long snapper, a brand-new holder in Tyrod Taylor who's never done it in the NFL, and a brand-new kicker who's never done it in the NFL, Ty Long, to be able to kick, punt, make all his kicks, he was he was great. He was all hands on deck. He did great. And this is why we were hoping they would keep a guy like Ty Long. And isn't it ironic? This is the year they have two good kickers when they only needed one for like seven years, it seems like.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was nice to see Ty Long out there making those kicks of just booming the ball, really, Yeah. Uh, as, as the place kicker. So nice to have that depth. Uh, that worked out very well for them. So glad that's working out.
0: Yeah. It said, uh, he was the first player since 97 to have an extra point field goal punt in his first NFL game. He converted a 40 yard field goal was three for three on extra points. His punt yard average was 49 yards. So good for him.
1: Yeah. He was killing the ball. Uh, well, we kind of hinted at it, but we didn't really get into it is the offensive line. Mm -hmm. I think we need to talk about the offensive line as much as we probably Mm -hmm. prefer not to, (laughs) uh, you know, I saw some people debating on Twitter how well the offensive line played. While well, they ran the ball really well, they moved the ball at will. I got to tell you, that pass protection—the more you watch it, the worse, the harder it gets to watch. Um, I thought Trent Scott had an awful day. You think? Um, I know he's kind.
0: Of, <laughs> I think Trent Scott kind of, had an awful game. He,
1: he had a terrible game. Yep. Uh, you know he's been kind of a punching bag all through the preseason. He seemed like he was showing some improvement late in the preseason. He's back to looking slow. I thought his feet were slow. The hands were slow. There were times where he was the last offensive lineman off the ball. Uh, he was whiffing blocks at the second level in the running game. There were times where he wasn't even getting a hand on pass rushers. Just terrible. Uh, Schofield was chasing interior pass rushers from behind for most of the game in pass protection. Tevi was whiffing blocks in pass protection. He is a good run blocker, but he Sam Tevi is god-awful as a pass protector, just brutal outside of Feeney and Pouncy, Nobody really played particularly well on that line. I thought Feeney might've had one of his better overall games as a pro. Uh, he did not grade out very well. Per, according to PFF, I think they gave him like a 53 or something like that, but I thought he played extremely well. He was very good in the run game early on in that game. All, almost all of their big runs, uh, one for Jackson, several for Eckler, mm-hmm. all of them came behind Feeney. Uh, the last touchdown, the winning, the winning touchdown, you mentioned he sealed off his man, buried him for the touchdown run. Uh, Feeney was outstanding and his pass protection seems like it's improving. It's still not great, but it's getting better. Uh, but the other three, whew, man, Schofield's hard to watch. Tevi's hard to watch and Scott just looks overwhelmed. He does not belong out there right now and they don't have really any other alternatives. So they're in trouble. <laughs>
0: Yeah, especially when you think about who they're going with. They're going against a, uh over the hill Justin Houston, Kamiko Ture, who uh, has done okay so far. they were getting pressure all day, and this isn't Bradley Chubb and Von Miller we're talking about. This is like a very bad pass rushing group because Jabal Shear wasn't there. If he was there, it would have been a whole other story. But yeah, you know, Trent Scott. I thought Sam Tevy and Trent Scott weren't terrible in the first half. They weren't great, they weren't good, but they weren't terrible. And then all of a sudden, after halftime, I mean, it was just awful between those two.
1: They didn't run the ball as much in the second half. Yeah. And that had a lot to do with it. They got very predictable. They got very one-dimensional, started putting the ball in River's hands too much and asking too much of him, and it showed up on the tape. Uh, Those guys just couldn't hang. I I agree with you. I actually thought watching the first half, I was thinking, man, I might actually come out of this with a, you know... Not Maybe not a favorable, but a decent report on Scott because <laughs> yeah. he played okay in the first half. Mm-hmm. There were some missed blocks, but he also showed up pretty well in pass protection at times. But his second half was just abysmal. And this offensive line, you put an extra man or two on the, on the defensive line, on the line of scrimmage, and send a blitz, and they're confused. They have no idea how to respond.
0: Well that's what happened on that first drive the first Chargers first drive they overloaded Sam Tevy's side and they just left a free rusher at Rivers and he got sacked Yep, but yeah, no. But you're right. I mean, that had a lot to do with it. They didn't run the ball as much in the second half, and you know the problem is pass protecting. Uh, These tackles did pretty good in the run game. Uh, I agree with you on Schofield. I thought uh, Mike Pouncey was very good. You could tell that he's starting to get his feet under him a little bit towards the end of that game. I really liked how he was getting better throughout that game. I thought Pouncey was starting to miss at the second level a couple times, but then you know when you saw some Austin Eckler screens, he was out in front with him and Feeney were leading the charge. So yeah, I thought Feeney did really good especially in space uh, of course you know being able to uh, seal off your guy and get that game winning touchdown was very good on Feeney's part Sam Tebby getting out in front on uh, one of that last drive and this is a group that we're all concerned about and they didn't do so good in their first game they did good in the run game not so good as pass protectors and that's going to be the issue because the Chargers were kind of in the driver's seat most of that game and they could have ran the ball a lot more, but when they're behind and they're going to be more predictable to have to pass, defense is going to pin their ears back and it's going to be trouble. I, I am not looking forward to these next few matchups when uh, the Chargers got to play some of these better pass rushers because the Colts just don't have it and they didn't look very good against a group that's not very good. So, other than that, also Keenan Allen looked really good too. We haven't mentioned him at all. He had, of course, that that YOLO ball that I, you know, Rivers is going to look back and go, I can make that throw, uh, you know, in week four when the Chargers are down 21. He's going to get picked in triple coverage. But, uh, great job by Keenan Allen to get the catch and the touchdown touchdown i love the and positivity then, yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> you know we talk about how sometimes it's chuck and duck phil and uh that those are the type of throws he makes but at least that was uh with better cover it was more you know man on man and keenan was able to get up and get it uh, great throw by rivers and a really good catch to start overtime by keenan allen i mean he's just a matchup nightmare and Against the Detroit Lions coming up, they gave up a lot of yardage to Larry Fitzgerald and he's a pretty good route runner. When they get Keenan Allen involved, shit man, it's going to be bananas. Keenan Allen's going to go off in week two, but uh, very good game from Keenan. He was clutch. A lot of great first down catches. He he had a lot of space to work with. Uh, Early on, it was kind of hit or miss, but man, as that game went on, he was really good.
1: Yeah, he was very, very good. Also, nice to see Hunter Henry back. Yeah, making catches, converting first downs, helping move the ball when they needed it. Very nice to see him back. Rivers played a very good game. I thought, you know, he made some key throws to to get some points on the board, move the ball. A little bit of worried about the arm strength. I'm not saying it's a it's something that we got to be alarmed about at this point, but something to monitor. I thought there were some balls that floated early in that game. The interception in the end zone, I thought, was a not a bad read, but a late read, and the ball was a little slow getting there, and there were a couple other throws that I thought just seemed like they took forever to get get home. So just kind of keep that in the back of your mind, where is that arm strength, because he, it didn't look like the, the Phillip Rivers arm strength that we would expect at the beginning of the season after not having played at all in the preseason. You'd think he'd have a fresh arm, and it just didn't seem that fresh to me.
0: Mm, yeah hell of a play by malik hooker i didn't i was with rivers i didn't think he'd be able to cover that much ground and damn did he ever and with the one-handed interception that, that was, was the a great play, play. Of the game oh, no doubt God. about it i mean may have been the, the best play from week one that was amazing
1: yeah and that ball was by him when he caught it too mm-hmm. um yeah i mean like i said it wasn't a bad read maybe yeah. a tad late um and it, it the ball didn't get there quite as quickly as you'd like but hell of a play by hooker that was amazing
0: yeah no absolutely All right. Well, that does it for us. Chargers win. First time in a long time. I am at Gerasisti on Twitter. Jamie? At Lightning underscore Round. And we will see you next time.
1: Thanks, everybody.